You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, we do got some more news. Uh, apparently, the offseason, as far as the dead season, just doesn't want to start, and that's a great thing. I want to start off today, just right off the bat, with the dumbest thing um, of the day. <laughs> I don't even really know what to do with this, um, but let's go ahead and, and just do it. So, Diana Rossini kind of set the world on fire yesterday. Maybe she just feels like she needs to play along with this. Whole. And let me also preface this once again with something that I've said a thousand times. I don't really know who these people are. I know her name. I see on Twitter it says Diana ESPN, so I assume she works for ESPN. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't really know her reputation. But I can tell you right now, although I'm probably going to forget because the reason I don't know her reputation is because, you know, I'm going to forget. But I just, I can't, get past the fact that I feel like this is just the dumbest thing of the day. Here's the tweet from Diana. Aaron Rodgers will be informing the Packers of his decision soon, per league sources. I'm told there are multiple teams with offers on the table, but of course nothing can happen until the Green Bay Packers allow a trade. Okay, so a couple things. This tweet doesn't tell me anything. It, it, It feels like it's trying to tell me something without telling me something. For example, he's going to make his decision soon. Well, we know that. The whole world knows that. The problem is we don't know exactly what soon means. We know that soon could mean next Tuesday or the Tuesday after, assuming it's on Tuesday because he said it was going to be on the Pat McAfee show. But it's also seemed to imply that she was saying it was going to be sooner than that because, you know, considering we already know and are expecting it within, let's see, yesterday was Thursday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we were expecting it in about five days her coming out saying it's, it's about to happen soon made me think, well, it's going to be sooner than that. That's what most people thought, because the entire world already expects five days. This, this is the other underlying thing that I'm starting to think about this situation with Diana Rossini right now, is that she's the only person on planet Earth that didn't already know this information. And she packaged all the information that she just found out that the whole world already knew as late-breaking news, and then didn't realize that everyone's like, okay, so here's what we already know. Tell me what else you know. And she's like, oh, crap, you guys knew that already? Um... Well, let me make up some stuff. Now, again, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe it really does mean soon, as in like, you know, 24 to 48 hours, meaning maybe today there's an announcement. Maybe tomorrow there's an announcement. I don't know. Not sure. Let's find out, I guess. She goes on to say, I'm told there are multiple teams with offers on the table. Let's just pause there because she just like blows right past that. This part isn't necessarily super surprising, especially considering multiple could be two to three. Probably not two, because multiple would be um, technically correct, but it's basically just lying by using the word multiple. 
I would say it's at least three, but I, I don't think anybody expected it to be less than three. So, I mean, I guess it's confirmation, but it's also, once again, information that doesn't mean anything. It's also something that if you wanted to be a fake reporter, not saying Diana is, but if you wanted to be a fake insider, this is a very easy thing to do, to say multiple teams are interested. <laughs> Duh. Continuing on. But, of course, nothing can happen until Green Bay Packers allow a trade. The fact that one just rolled right into the other is weird. I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily tie into Rogers' decision, but this whole thing is about Rogers' decision, isn't it? So it, it just, the fact that we just kind of went from, Rogers is about to tell us what his decision is. Not really sure what it is, but um, there are teams that are interested in a trade. It's just a matter of whether or not the Packers are going to allow that. Wait, 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 wait. I, what are you saying? He's going to ask for a trade? I mean, I know you don't know, but is that what you're implying? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Because that's exactly what it sounds like. Or is this just completely disconnected? Anyways, then we have an interview here with Diana Rossini, who um, Rich Eisen says, well, she's obviously got some inside information. Let's get her on the show and find out what she knows. And um, I listened to it and just thought, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But let's go ahead and, and poke through it and just find out um, all the wealth of information that Diana just found out. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show from the Worldwide Leader in Sports is Diana Rossini. How are you, Diana? Rich, I'm wonderful. How are you doing in well, beautiful Los Angeles? Your tweet, your tweet caught my eye today. I'm not going to lie. It definitely caught my eye about Aaron Rodgers making his decision. So what, what can you tell me? What do you got for me on this front? So I was told that the decision is going to be coming soon, within the next week or so. Okay. Pause. The next week or so. Diana, we, we know that. Especially when you add in or so. <laughs> In other words, the next week, possibly two weeks. Duh, Diana. This is what we've already known. Continuing. Okay. That he's going to inform the Green Bay Packers that he's either staying okay. in Wisconsin or he's going to ask for a trade or he's going to retire. I was <gasps> what? He's going to come back or ask for a trade or retire. This is what your sources are telling you, huh? Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for that information. In the next week or so, he's going to tell us that he's either going to come back, ask for a trade, or retire. Wow. Thank you. The three options that we are all very aware of. Retire? That's still an option here? <laughs> and then I love how Rich Eisen is, um, he's really trying to push this thing that she's got inside information, right? I mean, he, he really is, because this is, this is stupid. And she, here, here's the re she doesn't know. All she found out is that it should be coming within the next week, which is information that she got from somebody who has the exact same information that we have. Now, it's probably a, somebody that's on the inside. She talked to a coach, or she talked to a GM, or she talked to somebody that knows Rogers once or something. I don't know. But she found that out and was like, ooh, inside information, Right. Again, not realizing that everybody in the world has that information. And so she phrased it in a way that made us all go, wait, 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 whoa, 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 wait, what? Like sooner than Tuesday? And she's like, oh, you guys knew about Tuesday? Oh, that's, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know about Tuesday. I just heard in the next week. That's, that's crazy. Um, but here comes Rich to the rescue. And what does he say? He plays up. And, and I've said this before. They do this. I've seen this with, in interviews with Ian Rappaport and, and Adam Schefter. They tell us what they know, which is very limited information. And then guys like Rich Eisen are like, oh, wow, wow, give me more information about that. That's interesting. That's still on the table? 
Why? And he's asking Diane. She doesn't know. She has no idea if that's on the table or not. She's just assuming it's on the table because she just listed every available option. There are there are literally no other options. I mean, I I, I can't even think of a fourth. Can you? I mean, he, he could change position, but that's he's still playing, right? Or he's either going to come back to the Packers, or he could coach, but he'd have to retire as a player, so that still checks out. So again, Rich is Rich is really puffing this up to be like, Diana, give us this info. Like, is that is that really still a thing? Wow, that's this is breaking news. I didn't, I thought it was off the table. Rich, nobody thought it was off the table. Everybody knows retirement is on the table, and Diana doesn't know any more information than you do. So stop it. Retire. That would be surprising to me. Um, so I'm not, I'm not betting anything on that one. But right. Um, so the way I'm he tried, right? <laughs> he, he's he sees her floundering and is like, "Well, this sucks. I got to save this." And he's like, "Wow, that's that's crazy." And she's like, "Oh, uh, I, well, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't bet on it or anything." Well, right. Any, anyways, let's just move off this because this is going horribly. I, I'm reading in between the lines of your tweet, and you tell me if I, I might be onto something here is part of his decision is whatever contract might be on the table and whatever negotiations might be on the table between he and the Packers. Like, he can't really inform his decision whether he wants to go um, until he sees uh, what the Packers are putting on the table, fu- money, funny money, how... Just look, looking at a contract, you'll, you'll see the expiration date that the Packers are willing to extend this to. Again, this is very obvious what's happening... Diana has no additional information, none. None. I think Rich knows that. Maybe he doesn't know that. I don't know. Rich should know that. And so he's trying to make this interesting by assuming that Diana has basically a wealth of information that she has to withhold, and he's trying to kind of beat around the bush to see if he can maybe tease out what the reality is, and she's going to give us some inside scoop. She doesn't know. She has no idea. And so at the same time, he's throwing her a softball. Because you're asking a question that's very easy to answer, right? I could answer that question. Yeah, it depends. It depends. And, and probably, because maybe it doesn't, <laughs> right? I mean, if he's retiring, as she said she doesn't know, then it doesn't matter what they're offering because he's retiring. But it's safe to assume that he would like to know what's, what's out there, right? So, or maybe she has a different understanding. The point is, though, it's a softball in which, in case she doesn't have information, you can still answer the question. But she doesn't have any more information than her tweet, and her tweet was basically information that we already knew. But let's continue on. What do you think about that? Yeah, it would, it would make a lot of sense for him to protect. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. See what I'm saying? She doesn't know. You're basically asking a random stranger off the street at this point. She doesn't have any more information. Protect himself to see what the Green Bay Packers are going to be willing to pay him because mm-hmm. from the conversations I've had with a lot of people in the league, he see they're not. Now we got to dig into the cr- credibility because again, she doesn't know. It's very obvious. She doesn't know. She's not providing any information on this show. Rich is sitting in his chair looking like this sucks. And so she's got to, you know, bulk up her bona fides, you know, uh, based on conversations I've had with league sources. He wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Oh, you mean you mean the league sources that that we've all heard from already? Okay. By a wide margin. So we're talking about 50 million a year. Okay. So just so we're clear, that's where that came from because that's been circling all over the place. All over the place. According to Diana Rossini, Aaron Rodgers wants 50 million dollars a year. 
We haven't necessarily heard that. In fact, I'm, I'm willing to bet she kind of got her information wrong. What we have heard consistently for months is that the Packers are willing to make him the highest played pay, player in football. We haven't necessarily heard Aaron Rodgers wants to be the highest paid player by a wide margin. And so what I think she's doing is she's guessing. I believe this is a guess. I believe, again, she's, and, and we've talked about this. Schefter has admitted this. This is what they do. They compile inside information that they have, which unfortunately for Diana is information that we already have. So it's not even inside information, but usually they have some information that isn't out yet. This is what Schefter had. There was a ton of information that was already out that we didn't know yet. He felt like it was all about to break, so he jumped on it. But what he really jumped on was an assumption about what was about to happen based on that information. So what Diana is doing here, she's taking the information that she's heard, and she's trying to build out an assumption. And her assumption, based on what I believe is incorrect information, um, is that Aaron Rodgers wants to be the highest paid by a wide margin. So she's saying, well, you know, we're at 45 already, so maybe he wants like 50-ish. Um, okay, maybe, maybe, um, and I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible that the Packers are going to be that stupid to, to offer him $50 million, maybe, because again, they've already said they're willing to make him the highest paid. So again, if we're at about 45, then we're at least talking about like 46, right? Which is, I mean, pretty close to 50 as it, either way, it's a lot of money. And either way, I'm not super comfortable about it. But again, I don't like this because I think this is all fake and it's annoying and it's driving massive amounts of news and it's giving Diana a ton of credibility when really she deserves none of it. She's just floundering. She's dying on this show right now. And again, she may have had these conversations, but what are these conversations? Have you ever listened to Michael Lombardi? It's guys in in smoke-filled rooms just talking. Yeah, Rogers, you know, he wants to be the highest paid guy in football. That's the thing with him. He just wants the money. You know, he's a, these are guys that just think they know stuff just talking. Rodgers has not talked to anybody. He has not told a single person, I want 50 or I'm not playing. That has not gotten back to the Tennessee Titans GM, who's sitting around talking with the, you know, the, the Texans player personnel you know, director, who's, you know, sitting at a bar next to Diana Rossini as she's just yucking it up with him. Like, yeah, right, guys? And she's taking notes. Oh, he wants 50 million. They're just talking, Diana. They're just talking. They're just a couple of guys that are just talking. There is no inside information that was leaked by Aaron Rodgers that made it to your sources that says Rodgers wants $50 million or he's walking. This whole thing is fake. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's not going to get a major contract, and that doesn't even mean he's not going to get 50 Sure as heck hope he's not, because that would be stupid. But again, if he's the highest paid quarterback, we're already basically at 50 so I guess I don't know what else to say to that. But again, that's the whole point of this. That's the whole, she's taken a stab at being correct. Knowing that, and, and by the way, if this is her attempt at a guess based on highest paid, that's kind of wild. You don't have to go to 50, but she did. And again, it's not based, I don't think it's based on any information other than information that we already basically have. And we know the, the cap situation the Green Bay Packers are in. We know Devontae Adams right. needs to get paid. So there's a, there's a lot on the table. Um, and speaking of tables, there's also multiple teams that are waiting to see what happens here because they are hoping and, and willing to make a trade for him. Again, this is not interesting information. This is, this is information that I could tell you too, right? There's a lot of teams that are interested to see what's going to go on too because there's a lot of teams that are interested. In, and man, is, is Rich Eisen is just, just yucking it up in his chair like, whoa, this is amazing information we're getting here. He wants $50 million and there are teams waiting. 
waiting out there for this to... Rich. Rich. Duh, dude. Duh, Rich. And again, I don't know if this is a big act where he's just, he does a really good job of acting and is just sitting there like, you know, I got to play this up like this is amazing. Like he did with the whole retirement thing. Like, whoa, did you say he could retire? I didn't, I thought that was, oh my goodness. Wow, Diana, you're, you're breaking, you're breaking my brain here, Diana. That's a large chunk of the pie right there. 50, 50 mil a year. That's what he's looking for right now. That's what I was told. So that's around the number he's looking for per year. Right. Around the number. You mean around the number that would make him the highest paid player in football? Yes. That's what we've all been told. That's the that's roughly the number. Around bigger than forty five, right? Yes. We've we know. You know, and when you when you match that up with the other quarterbacks around the league right now in terms of yeah. that, that annual uh, you know, that annual chunk of change, I guess. Um, right. So we have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, Patrick, what, about 46 million a year? So it'd be about, you know, what's the math there? Four million more. See? See? That's her thought. I just, I told you, that is her thought process. That's her thought process. She, she's explaining why it's not crazy. Like, that's not crazy because you got guys at 45, 46. So, you know, it's only a little bit more. I mean, it's, you know, that, that, is that a crazy guess? I don't know. I, I mean, not guess. I mean, is that crazy insider information? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and at 38 years old, that's, that's a high price. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Rich is goofy, man. How much cap space does the Broncos have? I mean, like, who, who has the cap space to, to if Rodgers does get a contract offer back from Green Bay that is not that much and say, hey, you have to give a hometown discount for Devontae. You want Devontae, right? I mean, you got to have him. Um, let's just say that the numbers come back and he says, I want out. Who's got the ability to pay him that? Do you know? Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad you asked that because even speaking to teams that are not in the hunt, that are not in this trade race, right. let's say, um, trying to understand, all right, if you had to make it work, how would you do it? Um, Rich, you've been covering this league long enough. It, it's figured out. It's, it, they can make it work. And one team I spoke with that is in the hunt, um, when I looked at their numbers, it didn't completely make sense to me. Uh, but I was told it would work out. We will find a way. It will work out. Wow. Again, riveting, riveting information here. Um, what teams can even afford $50 million for a quarterback? You know, um, I've talked to sources. I've got sources, and um, um, they they said they can do it, and uh, they said they would they would figure it out. So um, it seems like some teams that can't figure it out can figure it out, and then obviously the teams that can figure it out um, that, uh, can figure it out. So um, you know, yeah. So uh, so um, teams can teams can figure it out. So sometimes that means at the detriment of other players money, obviously, uh, perhaps maybe even cutting some players to make more room. Um, but I know the teams that are interested in him are getting creative and, and, and are getting a little impatient here as, as they're waiting because they have to make moves themselves. So while the Green Bay Packers are waiting for this answer, so are the other teams. Again, this is all things that you can just intuitively figure out. There's no reason to believe that this is even inside information. Right, she's painting a picture that she's talking to these guys. She's calling up the the Denver Broncos owner, GM, uh, you know, 
people over there and they're like, man, I'm so, we're trying to get stuff done and we can't because Rogers won't answer. The, that's what she's trying to make it sound like. This is intuitive information. This is stuff I could tell you on the podcast. Teams are getting frustrated, except I wouldn't phrase it that way. I wouldn't phrase it the way she is, which is implying that I know this information because I've been told this information. That's her job and Ian Rappaport's job and Schefter's job is to pretend that they know stuff. Um, but to be just vague enough that no one team could pin him down, right? If a, teams are getting frustrated, you know, if the Broncos are like, I've never told him, has anybody ever talked? No, I've never, they can't call him out because maybe I'm not talking about you. No, no, not you. I'm talking about somebody else. Don't worry about it. I, if I was telling you on the podcast, I'd say other teams are probably getting frustrated too because they need to make decisions and maybe they're delaying their decisions because they want to know what Rogers is doing, right? I'd throw a maybe in there. But she's not going to throw a maybe in there because then she loses her credibility as an insider who knows this information because GMs and stuff are just telling her, like, yeah, we just we need to know what's going on with Rogers before we decide who we're cutting. Because we all know free agency is right around the corner. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. So um, rich. Mm. So those people have placed uh, on the table. Those are the ones who have uh, fully baked. Like, here's what we're willing to give um, draft choices like those have been forwarded to Brian Gutekunst. He has them all on his desk if he so chooses to lay them out. Again, digging for information. Out there? Paperwork stuff. So, I was told the Green Bay Packers for for what it's worth, were not told from those teams mm-hmm. um, what, what the compensation would be, you know, what the package would, would look like, because that's tampering. Um, I was told not because it was tamp because it's tampering. Um, again, do you think maybe that's intuitive information? Has any team reached out to the Packers? No, because it's tampering, (laughs) right? And, and also I could probably tell you that there probably have been some conversations underneath the table, right? Very quiet things that have happened. I could tell you that intuitively because I just assume these are the things that happen. There's conversations that are off the books that take place, but officially nothing has been done. And if I'm an insider, I'm going to say, I've been told that hasn't happened because duh, nobody would tell a member of the media that we are breaking the rules and tampering. Duh. So I'm going to tell you that everybody has told me the answer is no, but I might throw in a little bit about, you know, but uh, I think it has happened just off the books or whatever. They can't call over to Green Bay yet. Um, apparently because they need to have this conversation with Aaron. So I'm not sure how the working or how the dealings have been going in terms of the contact and the true communication, because you've got to figure there's something there. Um, There it is. But the teams that I've spoken to that that want him have been working towards putting this together to make it work for Green Bay. So that was the end of it. Uh, Did you learn anything? Rich, Rich is doing a good job of making it seem like we're learning a lot of stuff. Did you learn one thing? What's one thing you learned? If you take her words literally, the one big information that piece of information we learned is that Aaron Rodgers is, is asking for $50 million a year. That's the one piece of information we learned. Now, if, if that's true, which I don't know if we'll ever learn that that's true. I mean, I guess if he gets like exactly 50, then it, it seems more true. Otherwise, she took a wild guess and nailed it. Um, but otherwise, I could have done this entire interview. Uh, I, I think the only part we would have differed on is the 50 million because I would not have said that. And again, I think she just kind of stepped out into what she thought was a really good guess based on common information. And I think it was a really stupid guess. And I think it really blew up and the whole world lost it over 50 million. And she's sitting there going, oh, was that stupid? I didn't, I thought that that was reasonable. 
right? And again, we heard her try to explain her thought process. She's saying it's not her thought process, but she's trying to explain it. She's like, well, we're already at 46 for, for Josh Allen. So, I mean, it's only a little more, right? I mean, is that crazy? I don't, I, don't know. I didn't mean, you know. Listen, I, I understand she talks to people, but th- this is the problem with, with being an insider is a lot of times there's stuff people aren't telling you. So you, you give very vague information that seems like it's potentially bigger news than it is um, because you, you, you're given something, right? Somebody on the inside told you something, like an inf- a piece of information is coming soon, and everybody freaks out and is like, we got to do an interview. And she's like, dude, I don't, I mean, I'll do it because I need the credibility. I need, the, I need that, you know, I'm going to be on the Rich Eisen show, man. I mean, this, this, is, this is my whole job. I can't be turning down major news interviews. It's good for my career. It's good for ESPN. It's good for my credibility, ESPN's credibility, that they've got an insider. But this is this whole thing, and I, I get so tired of this. And I've said this before with Schefter and Rappaport, where, you know, and, and again, I'm not doubting that they're insiders. I know for a fact that they talk to people and all that stuff. And I'm sure Diana has talked to people, um, but it sounds like they're giving her mostly evasive answers and information that we already knew. And it sounds like she didn't know that everybody already knew it. That's the part that's <laughs> crazy. But But even guys like Ian, where it's like, the tweet said everything that they knew, which is not much information. Then they get pulled into these interviews and just they're trying to force out information. They don't know. And so they just spend the whole time speculating and giving their opinion and sometimes guising it under the, you know, un, un, under the guise of I've been told, but they're just, they're just speculating, which is, again, exactly what I could do. You could do that. We could all just speculate. Rich Eisen could have me on. I could give you my opinion and just rephrase it as, as I've been told or as I've heard or, you know, league sources have, have informed me. And it would be the exact same thing. And nobody can call you out on it. That's the beauty of it. Because even, again, even if you're the, you know, Chargers personnel people listening to this, like, what is she talking about? They don't, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other guy. Unless you got all 32 teams sitting in a room together, like everybody from all the teams sitting around, like anybody tell Diana that? And everyone's like, no. Like, well, she's probably lying. But even then, it's like, oh, no, somebody told me. It's one of, it's one of the guys over here. They just, you know, I mean, they don't want to admit it because they're leaking me information. It's, it's unfalsifiable. That's what makes stuff like this so profitable. You can throw things out like that. You can say league sources whenever you want, and it's unfalsifiable. Nobody can call you a liar. You can say that your source got it wrong if you're wrong, but no, there is no one person that knows that nobody told you that. Nobody. So that was annoying. That was a very annoying um, thing. Again, when she tweeted that, it was like, everything about it was just weird. The way that she phrased it, the way that we just jumped from, it's going to happen soon, which we already knew, but people are assuming it means sooner than that. But should you be assuming that? But if you're not assuming that, and if what we're really talking about is within the next week, then why would she even tweet that? Because the whole world knows that. So it was very weird. And then again, she immediately, when, when she talks about he's about to make a decision, the only thing she talked about at length after that was, was trades. She didn't talk about retirement. She didn't talk about the 50 million thing, which by the way, can, if she really did have that inside information, that's the only piece of information that we didn't already know that would have been blasted everywhere. Why isn't she blasting that all over the place? Think about that. Find the tweet where Diana Rossini tweeted out Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million a year per league sources. She hasn't tweeted it. Why? Because nobody told her that. Nobody told her that. She made that up on the spot because Rich Eisen dragged it out of her. And so she was speculating based on other bits of information that she heard. Right? This whole thing was stupid. Now, again, 
it doesn't mean, okay, we're safe, we're not going to pay Aaron Rodgers a ton of money. According to the Green Bay Packers, we are, and that sucks. Right? Based on the interview that Brian Gutekunst gave, I'm not feeling super comfortable about the fact that we are going to um, look to be responsible in the future. We're going to be irresponsible and continue to be a worse and worse team as we try to squeeze what little talent is left. In other words, we're not going to, you know, this, this if you think about it as this is a ridiculous analogy, because this is not even a thing that happens, but there's got to be, there's, what, what, what would be an analogy? I guess we'll do the $100 a day analogy again. I mean, in a different way. Get 100 bucks a day. We've been spending, you know, 110, 120 bucks a day, right? We've done that for two days. Our money is going down. So we got 100, we spent 120. The next time we get 100, we have to pay back the 20, so we have 80, but we still go out and spend 120. So now we spent $40 additional that we didn't have. So next time we get 100, what do we have to do? We got to pay back the 40. See what I'm saying? We are flat out of money. Now, what we could do if we wanted to be responsible, and this would be my preference, is to play with a team for 60 bucks, right? We paid back the 40. Let's just play with 60. Or if 60 isn't good enough, we want to play with, let's just play with 90. So this time we're only borrowing 30. So now we get 100. We give back 30. We have 70. So let's play with 90 again. You know what I mean? We're working our way back to 100. We want to get back to the point where we're at 100. So, we, but we don't want to crush the team. And if you spend over, if you spend $100 a day, you're going to stay at that level. If you spend more than that, you're going to continue to go down. We're continuing to go down to the point. And, and so that, that's, that's the question. Are we going to continue to overspend because we want to have this dominant team and eventually we're going to go to zero? When you get to the point where you get $100 and you owe $100, you have $0, which means you don't have a team anymore. You're done. You're, you're, you're out of money. And so now what do you do? You have to starve for a day. You starve for a day. And then you just start over with a fresh $100. Again, my preference is I don't want to get to the point of starvation. I would like to slowly work my way back, have a slightly worse team, but clean up our caps so that next year we're still in a little bit of pain, but we're slowly over two, three years. We still, ha- we still have a good team, but in two, three years, we're back to a, a mostly clean salary cap. The Packers don't seem to want to do that. They're going to squeeze this all the way down to zero. We're, we're, we're going to ride Rodgers until we get to zero. And again, the issue I have with that is it's, it's done in such a way that you damage your cap so that every year we play with less actual cap space. I mean, relative to other teams, right? Our, what, what percentage of salary cap do we have to spend compared to everybody else? We have less. And when you, that's your only method of, of talent. The only way you can even match these other teams is to be much more efficient with the dollars you spend. The problem is we've already said we're going to overpay Aaron Rodgers. We're going to overpay Devontae Adams. We're overpaying a lot of guys just to keep them to stay. So we're not being cap dollar efficient. We're being cap dollar inefficient and having no cap dollars because we have so much dead money all over the place. It's not a winning formula. And, and the Packers seem to have bought into as long as you have Rodgers, you have a chance. I mean, it's true. I just don't, I just don't like it. So... Anyways, that was that was my thought on the Diana Rossini thing, which is just that she got information that is mostly information that we already knew, blew, in, blew up into a big thing because she's an insider. So we have to assume that she has even more deeper, crazier information than what she has and all this stuff. It's, we, we, we didn't learn anything, period. There's one question mark about did she actually hear Aaron Rodgers wants 50 million or did she get her information wrong, took a wild guess, and it was stupid. I'm betting on the second one. Or similarly... Somebody else speculated that she heard it and took it as inf- inside information and is just regurgitating other people's speculation and not realizing that that other people's speculation is stupid. In other news, there's some uh, talk about Matt LaFleur and concern about his contract, um, not necessarily because there's any reason to assume that there's an issue, 
Um, but he signed a four-year deal in 2019. 2019, 2020, 21, 22, right? So this is the final year of his contract. So there's questions about what the heck is going on with Lafleur. Um, again, we have no reason to believe that he wouldn't get an extension or stay with the team, but it makes you panic a little bit. What if? However, there is a apparently a fifth-year option built in. So the question is, will they just decide to extend him now or will they exercise the fifth-year option? I have no idea how that works. Is there like a big bump in the fifth year similar to there are with other contracts? Um, if there is, just extend the guy. He's been fantastic. There's no reason not to. If there isn't, I guess there's no point in not writing it out, right? Just exercise the fifth-year option. It doesn't really change anything. On the off chance something really crazy happens, um, you know, he turns on the team, the team turns on him. Just on the 1% chance something goes completely sour and you decide you don't want him to be your coach anymore, you have that flexibility. Because teams always want maximum flexibility. But again, if there's any kind of a bump, not that it, I mean, it doesn't impact the salary cap, but it impacts real dollars to the Green Bay Packers. If there's a bump, then just just extend the guy. I mean, three years he's been here, he's one of the winningest coaches in NFL history in terms of, you know, per game basis. If that guy's not worthy of another three to four years, um, I don't, I don't know, even know what to say to that. Plus, I mean, they, they still, Gutekunst and Lafleur still have not really gone and done their thing yet, right? They're still rocking with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So they still haven't like gotten their quarterback and implemented their scheme and their plan. They're, it's kind of like we're halfway moving in that direction, but it's still like Aaron Rodgers' team. By the way, getting back to the Rodgers thing real quick, I forgot about this. Um, Ken Ingles kind of chimed in on the $50 million plus per year for Rodgers um, that apparently Diana Rossini, you know, said was going to be a thing. Uh, Brad from PFF says it's a 15% raise over Pat Mahomes, 45 million average per year, gets you to 51.75 million per year. Could see something like four years, $210 million signing bonus would have to be 75 million plus with Packers structure. Ken chimes in and says, just an FYI, if the Packers pay Aaron Rodgers the minimum base salary and a $75 million signing bonus to return in 2022, then the absolute minimum cap hit he would cost would be $35.3 million on the cap. So Aaron Rodgers would cost us $35.3 million on the cap, and that's with the Packers structure of making this the low year. I'm sorry, but no. Never. I... I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. There's no point in panicking now. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the Packers do. We'll see how they structure it. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers does. Maybe he's not coming. I don't know. But we're just getting into like crazy territory. And my mind is just racing with like, what the heck is even going on right now? Um, also, a couple little tidbits on the Aaron Jones restructuring, which I don't remember if I talked about that yesterday or not. Oh, by the way, by the way, um, I, I was working on this as I was doing the podcast because I completely forgot to do it yesterday. Very, very sorry. I did the episode yesterday. Didn't realize that it didn't completely upload. I don't know why. I mean, I, I do know why it does that sometimes, but I don't think I did this yesterday. Anyways, um, it didn't completely upload for whatever reason. Um, I said I was going to get that when I got back, and I completely forgot to do that when I came home. And so, um, anyways, I just did it now. So yesterday's podcast, if you listened to the first part and didn't finish it, you can go back and finish that. Um, starts at the 27-minute mark or so. I don't think that includes ads, but call it 27 to 30 minutes. Uh, you can go back and finish that sewed up. I'll try not to ever say that again. But anyways, we did restructure Aaron Jones. If I didn't mention that, I just did. Um, I wasn't sure we were going to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll take a second look at how that works. Um, in fact, we'll be doing that now. And, and again, well, let, let's do this first, one thing at a time. Two things from Ken. 
who's great this time of year with all the cap stuff, obviously. Ken Ingles, if you're not following him, K-E-N-I-N-G-A-L-L-S on Twitter. After the Aaron Jones restructure, the Green Bay Packers now have restructured every single eligible non-rookie contract on their 2022 roster in either 2021 or 2022 solely for cap space. We now enter the territory where they will have to stack restructures on top of restructures. So this is, I mean, I mentioned this before where I don't remember who we were talking about, but there was somebody else where I said, I don't want to do that because you've got money on top of money now. So we, we are, you know, again, some of this is necessary. I mean, it, it's not necessary because we didn't have to do what we did last year or the year before to put us in this situation. But as of this moment, some of this has to be done. So it, it just is what it is. It, it's what you do with some of these other contracts to see if we're going to clean. Again, in my analogy, we're at $60. I'm okay borrowing to get us to 90 but we need to borrow less so that over the next couple of years, we can get back to having a clean cap. We can borrow 20 to 30 bucks. We cannot borrow 40 or more because then we're going negative or staying the same level of horrible, whatever. But um, the Aaron Jones thing, I was not necessarily, I shouldn't say I wasn't on board with, because again, maybe they're looking at it and saying we don't really have a choice, which is really unfortunate. But here's the thing with Aaron Jones. I mentioned after last year, he's kind of got to go. We can't afford to keep him. And so my issue, and I, I even said this a couple of days ago, I was like, well, we might restructure Aaron Jones, but that doesn't make sense because all that's going to do is make when we cut him, it's going to be even more expensive. And that's the reality. So Ken laid out his contract. I don't know what it was as of yesterday. I need to do a better job of like screenshotting um, contracts because there's not a real good historical lookup. Like, hey, what was their contract yesterday? But anyways, his salary is sitting at $5.9 million right now. So basically, it was a 2022 cap restructure, 3.52 million added to void years. Cap hit more than triples in 2023 next year, um, and that was always the case that it was going to spike. And I said, "There's no way we're going to be able to pay that." He's he's costing us 5.9 million this year. He's going to cost us 20 million dollars next year. We're not paying Aaron Jones 20 million. I mean, that's not what we pay him. We pay him 16 million, but he's going to cost us 20 million dollars against the cap. The point is, we can't afford that. Now, if we cut him next year, according to Ken and his thing, we're going to save 10.4. So, so it's like, oh, well, then, well, we're fine. All we really did is we're, we're borrowing future money again. It doesn't change the equation. He needs to get cut. But, but as of, let's say, yesterday or the day before, and again, I don't remember the numbers, but it was something like we would have saved, I don't know, 14 million, 13, 12, I don't know. Now we're only saving 10. So that extra money that we were going to have when we cut Aaron Jones, we're borrowing some of that. So we're just constantly borrowing tomorrow's money. So that is going to be a $9.552 million dead cap hit when we cut Aaron Jones next year. Now, again, there's the question of, well, could we possibly extend him? Could we do all these different... I mean, I guess, but you know, there's still a question about should we have even extended him the last time? And I'm not anti-Aaron Jones at all, but it's a lot of money for a guy that is... I mean, he may already be the number two running back. I just don't see any reason to extend him beyond where he already... I mean, it, getting out in 2023 just makes sense. It just makes sense. So again, it doesn't change the equation. I think we get out next year and the Packers looked at it and said, you know, we, we can still get out next year. We're still going to save $10.4 million on next year's cap. Um, so let's just, let's just borrow some of that. Again, I'm not a fan, but I feel like maybe it's just one of those things where we just have to do it. But anyways, again, we haven't learned a ton yet. Um, I wasn't sure if they were going to restructure Aaron Jones, but they did. And that was by people that know cap stuff, I guess, we're, we're assuming this was going to happen because it was one of the areas that they could pull money from. So they, they did do that. So that was, I guess, expected. Uh, David Bakhtiari is also expected. So expect that. Jair Alexander extension is expected. So most of these things are things that were, again, expected or, or known to have going to be done. Like we knew that these things were going to happen. 
And so the real question mark comes in with other, you know, Rodgers, Devontae, Amos, um, Zadarius, Preston. I mean, how they handle those guys. And again, Zadarius is 98% gone. Um, If they bring back Zadarius, then they are 1,000% in the um, we are just getting stupid and don't care about money at all ever territory. But we'll see how that goes. Why don't we to go ahead and take a break, right, Shia? Uh, I don't. We don't have much time to talk about anything, but I do want to cover a couple things. Maybe we'll just do some draft and we'll get up out of here. Um, don't forget to go to the Facebook group is where you can find the GoFundMe for Cody. Head over to my Twitter pin to the top. You'll be able to help um, Drew get a seizure service dog. Don't forget about a modern frontier. You can get yourself a one eighth box of uh, grass fed beef, a quarter box of pork quarter pig. So go to modern amodernfrontier.com, use promo code MEATPACKER, that's one word, all caps, um, you get $25 off your order. Final thing, real quick, um, in an attempt to try to keep uh, more Packers stuff Packers and uh, more, you know, world news things, world newsy, I decided I needed some kind of an outlet, but didn't want to bombard like my Packers Twitter or uh, my friends and family with nonstop things. So I figured Twitter would be a good place to just constantly post updates on what's going on, and only people that are interested in that will be able to find that. So I started a new Twitter. It's called World News, and that's at W-E-R-L-D underscore N-E-W-Z. Interestingly enough, I had to add the underscore because there's already a World News, W-E-R-L-D N-E-W-Z. It was a Twitter I created like a decade ago. It was a satire site. It was actually, it was kind of fun. I've created so many things over the years, but... um, I was like, oh man, somebody took world news. That's crazy. And I looked at him like, wait a minute, I did this. <laughs> I guess that's where I got the idea for the name. But again, W-E-R-L-D underscore news. It's not really commentary. It's just a lot of breaking news about what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, a uh, couple skirmishes in the Middle East and China, Taiwan situation, whatever. So if you're interested, that's where you can find that. Otherwise, uh, you know, whatever. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do this because I'm uh, short on time. Let's do mock draft of the day. This is done uh, via Pro Football Network, uh, Joe Broback. He has with the 28th overall pick, the Green Bay Packers select, Drake London, wide receiver, USC. He says, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love throwing the ball, Jake London's going to make their life easier. Devontae Adams is set to be a free agent, so adding London might become essential. However, if Adams comes back, that's a duo the NFC North won't want to see. So right off the bat, the biggest issue that I have with the pick is that, um, and and, and don't get me wrong, I love the pick, but Drake London has been flying up the boards. In fact, of the few prospects I've been watching, I haven't really been, you know, I've been checking guys out and I just, I can't get into stuff, but Drake Drake London and Traylon Burks are two wide receivers that I really, really liked. The problem is everybody else is starting to really, really like them, and they're flying up the boards. Traylon Burks is currently trending at around 15th, Drake London at 16th, um, in terms of you know where, where they're seen as far as their value or whatever, 16th best player and 15th best player. So the only issue I have is that I, I don't see them making it to 28 at Green Bay. Although at the exact same time, it's a common pick for the Packers. So it's kind of a weird dynamic, I guess. Outside of that, though, I love it. I really do. And I, I, I you know, I, I acknowledge that wide receiver isn't generally a, a pick in the first round. But again, that's not to say the Packers wouldn't do that. We already know that they were interested in Justin Jefferson before the Packers got that stolen from them by the Vikings, et cetera, et cetera, right? So the question is, if we're really hurting at wide receiver, which it seems like we will be, and if we're going to completely, you know, mortgage everything to kind of go all in. I mean, this, you know, you're, you're getting into uncharted territory as it is. So kind of going all in on a number two wide receiver with overpaid quarterback and wide receiver. I mean, let's just get crazy with it, man. We'll just turn into the Rams or the Falcons or whatever, you know, I mean, it's just, we're just, we're just doing this thing. We'll just go hundred percent need based, you know, <laughs> with our draft picks. But um, generally speaking, I don't like the Jake L- Drake London types. I don't like the trail. Well, trail on Burks types. I kind of do. Th- those are sort of the, uh, the big, strong uh, Debo Samuel types, depending on who it is, I can get behind it. Um, in fact, I've actually liked most of them, but Drake London's the, the big six foot five, two ten guys who generally have a hard time separating, but just kind of go up and get it types. Usually I can't stand that. However, watching Drake London, this guy is incredible. Everything I saw about him, I mean, the way he moves at six foot five, two ten is impressive. Um, so he's one of the few prospects I have watched this year that I loved uh, massive growth by this guy. 65 overall grade at USC in 2019. 2020 was a 70 overall grade. 2021, he had a massive uptick in snaps, presumably because he took a larger role. Uh, 91.3 overall grade, 91.8 receiving grade. He caught, uh, and this is just in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, 119 targets, 88 receptions, 74% reception percentage, 1,084 yards, 12.3 yards per reception, and seven touchdowns. So roughly a touchdown a game, which is great. When you're 6'5", 210, I want you to be more than just a big dude, but I also still want you to be a big dude, right? You need to be solid at contested catch rate. You need to be kind of a monster in the red zone. 
And then I want you to be a, a wide receiver between the 20s as well, right? And that's what I like about Drake is that he is that. Um, he was in the slot about 12.6% of the time, out wide 86.2%. That kind of is self-explanatory, I guess. Yards after the catch per reception, 5.2 yards. Yards per route run, 3.52 yards. Average depth of target was 9.2 yards. His longest reception was 44 yards. Um, he did have eight drops. So it seems like he does have maybe some drop issues, which is usually a massive red flag. Um, and that's usually one that I tend to ignore more often than not. And a lot of draft folks are like, find the guys with a lot of drop. And those are the guys I'll tell you right now are going to suck in the NFL. And a lot of times they do have issues. So, I mean, it's it's not horrible. And it seems like this year was one of the only years. Uh, 2019, if you just look at his grade, 77, 90.6. And even this year was a 70. So it wasn't the worst in the world. But um, he did have a pile early in the season. Uh, week one, he had one. Week two, he had one. Week, th- week three against Washington State, he had three drops. And then against Oregon State, he had two drops. He only had one for the rest of the season, the next four games. So he had he had two drops in his first two years, eight in last year. So that's kind of a interesting thing. And I don't have context. I didn't watch those. But um, that drop percentage rate at 8.3 is a little higher than you'd like it to be. Contested catch rate, though, 28 contested catch opportunities. 19 of them were caught, 68 basically percent, which is rather high. 22 missed tackles forced, 54 first downs and 114.3 passer rating when targeted. If you have the opportunity, check out Drake London. Uh, Just go to YouTube, type in Drake London, spelled exactly like you would expect. Verse VS, and you'll you'll get some pretty good. T- I mean, you can watch highlights if you want. It's just not usually the best way to do it. But anyways, I got to get out of here. I'm really running behind. But you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>